You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode 57, the unexpected way that your teen can increase their marks by writing less, by shortening the quotes that they reference in their essays and assignments in order to show that they can be discerning in their selection of evidence. I'm Katie Jones, and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner, and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence. And this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics, and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart, and successful in their study, and have you both enjoy the journey along the way. This is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hello, very important parents. I hope you are doing great. I hope the weather is as amazing with you as it is with me right now. (laughs) Unless you are one of those people who tell me that they just love the cold and being able to rug up or just love it when it's a rainy day. (laughs) I do get that it's nice to cozy up sometimes, but I just love a Queensland bout of winter sunshine. And that is what we're getting at the moment. As I'm recording this, today is supposed to reach 27 degrees, which is just perfect for me. I think we've had like about 14 days straight of sunshine. 23, 24 degrees. I know the weather has been amazing because I just know it has. But I say 14 days because we got solar panels about three years ago. And my husband is just obsessed with the app. (laughs) that comes with it, that tracks all of the stats, seeing how many kilowatts we've generated. He's actually not as much of a numbers person as I am naturally, but he is just totally hooked on that app and the solar panels. And I do have to admit that it makes me love him just a little bit more (laughs) for being that way, almost as much as I love the sunshine. And the novelty, I have to say, of just having beautiful, warm winter days. Even though I have been in Australia for, gosh, coming up 13 years now, that novelty just has not worn off for me yet as an Englander. (laughs) I don't think it ever will. And I kind of like that. I like that I'll always feel grateful and appreciative of it. But enough talk about the weather for today. That Englishness in me is clearly still there talking about the weather all of the time. Because I want to talk to you today about a really simple sounding yet sometimes tricky skill when it comes to your teen's essays and inquiries and assignments. This is especially valuable, I will say, in English, but it's definitely useful to consider in every other subject as well. Yes, including science and everything in between. It is the skill of shortening quotations. So it sounds like such a simple thing, I know. And in some ways, yes, it really is. So I want to share with you why it's an important skill and I'll give you a couple of examples so you can see what it really looks like, how it works and how you can support your teen to do it effectively in their study. 
And as a heads up, if you find this episode helpful, then I want to let you know that I have purposefully made it right now to follow on pretty nicely from last week's episode, which was how to have your teen be more succinct, yet still be sophisticated in their writing. And that in fact, being sophisticated actually requires them to be clear and concise and succinct. Because putting a point across in less words does not make things more basic. In fact, when done in a high quality way, less words actually can increase the clarity and therefore also show more skill, which is the common theme, the common thread here following through to today, that using, or in the case of quotations, selecting less words actually requires more skill and consideration, and can show greater knowledge and a deeper level of understanding of whatever it is that they are quoting or whatever it is that they are using. So a short quote does not mean the point that's being made is simple or the quality of evidence is more basic. It can actually be seen as proof of a more discerning selection of evidence. And discerning is one of those descriptor words that is often used at the higher levels of mark schemes and success criteria. Now, I will make it clear that just choosing a short quote does not automatically put them to the top of the criteria descriptors. It needs to still be a well-matched, well-chosen, and we're going to talk about all of those things in a little while, quote. But I will explain to you where this idea of shortening their quotes comes from and why it is relevant. And I will also make clear that this is a very picky tip that I'm sharing. This is definitely a strategy for the more advanced students who are already working at the higher level criteria and grade descriptors. There are definitely other things that will make a bigger difference to writing that's at around the C grade level or below. But if your teen is already operating at at least a high B grade or above, then this could be relevant and could be something that you could point out for them if they ever ask you to proofread an essay or an assignment. So let's look at the nitty gritty evidence as to how shortening quotes can actually get your teen more marks. And this is really just one of the more marks with less words strategies that I love to train students in. And I'm going to use the same real life exam paper that I referenced in the last episode so that if you do decide to go find it, you can see all of this in action with just one download. It's the 2022 HSC Advanced English paper, and I will put the direct link to it in the show notes for you. And I've been using this one because it was one of the exemplars that I used in the special Next Level event that I ran a little while ago called How to Hit the Top Criteria in extended responses. So if your teen is in Next Level, even if they weren't a member back then at the event, but they are now, they have access to the whole event recording and the workbook resource in the member area. And if your teen isn't in Next Level Coaching and they'd love to do detailed work on strategies like this with personal feedback, coaching and support, and they have completed, this is a prerequisite for Next Level, they have completed the 10-week grade transformation program, then look out for our semester two Next Level enrollment, which will be coming up late July. And if you choose to enroll them, they will get instant access to all of my programs, trainings, and past events. 
And I'm going to be running a brand new event for them, for Next Level members in August, which they'll obviously then get a ticket to. On top of, of course, all of the detailed personal coaching. So here are the descriptors from a six mark extended response question from that paper. And I'm just going to cover the descriptors from four marks upwards because I know that in a six mark questions, that's where at least most students are going to be aiming for or above. And I'm only going to read out the parts of each descriptor that relate to the use of quotes or specific references to the text. Okay, so for four marks, it says that they must have supporting evidence. Basically, they need to have evidence that supports the point. For five marks, it has to be well-chosen supporting evidence. And for six marks, it says detailed, well-selected supporting evidence. So what is the actual difference between detailed, well-selected evidence versus well-chosen evidence versus just having supporting evidence? This is what I think so many students struggle with. And I think we can all get that the wording of those descriptors does increase in terms of the demands as we go up through those descriptors. But actually, what do they look like? What makes something well selected? (laughs) And I agree, it is difficult to figure that out, which is where years and years of using and applying these sorts of descriptors in different states, in different exam boards, in different countries, and marking tens of thousands of papers comes in. It has helped me figure that out. And as a student and as a parent, not having that experience and all of those real life examples of what it does and doesn't look like can definitely make things feel more like a guessing game. And that's what really one of my main aims is to do for parents and students, is to remove or at least reduce as much as possible the guesswork, the hand in and hope. So although there's no way I can get into all of this on a podcast episode, I will share a few pointers that I hope will be helpful. Notably, I think in that top descriptor, the word detailed is what does trip some students up. It can lead them to think that more is more, that detailed means more words, more evidence, and that isn't the case. Detailed is about the quality and level. Just like a more detailed analysis is not just about giving more and more information. And for me, In my experience overall, I would define well-chosen as being that it fits the point being made. Well-chosen is relevant and well-fitting, whereas detailed, well-selected at the six marks means that it is not only relevant, but it is also one of the best pieces, if not the best piece of evidence out of all the possibilities that could have been chosen, that would have been suitable. And one that enables high quality analysis in relation to the point being made. And well-selected also means that it has indeed been selected. Certain words have been extracted or plucked out as being the most important or significant. So your teen isn't including or writing the whole sentence. They quote just maybe three or four words from that sentence that are the crux of the matter being discussed. Sometimes it might literally be one word. 
and they extract that word or phrase that supports the point they are making. Because being able to identify an exact word or phrase shows an in-depth knowledge and understanding. It shows the marker that your teen is discerning in their selection. And often the way I'll coach a student to help them do this, and this is something that you could do with your teen as well, is to say, if you could only keep half that quote, what would you keep? Because this forces them to select the most meaningful words and really makes them consider the key point that they are making so they don't end up going off on any other tangents. Now, often I will say I don't personally know the text or much about the topic that they might be writing about when I'm coaching a student, but I can still get a good idea myself of which part of the quote they should end up choosing just by reading the explanation and analysis that follows it or that goes alongside it. I can tell from that what part or what words in the quote are going to best support their point or argument. And that's where I really love this stuff. Because for me, when I was a student, and even as a teacher, if I'm honest, being told things like, oh, there aren't any right or wrong answers, might well be true in the bigger picture. But I used to find that more confusing and unhelpful, to be honest, than helpful. And what I have found now as a coach, as an examiner, is that when it comes to the actual writing and using the most fitting evidence to support maybe the thesis statement your teen has written or support their response or their argument that they're writing or point that they're making, there are right and wrong or adequate versus best fitting quotes or evidence. Different quotes will be right for different points. So there is no one right quote for an essay because that essay might have a variety of different responses, but there may well be two or three best choice quotes or even one quote that is best to support a particular point because the quote or evidence does have to exactly match the point that's being made. And as we can see from those mark scheme descriptors that we just went through, there is a scale of okay and then better up to best. And there's a wrong choice. If the quote just doesn't match up, then it's just not right. And even when it is a right choice, there are scales of rightness. There's okay, it fits. There's better and there's best fit. And I'll share an example with you from a recent task that I coached a student on just recently. It was an analytical task where they had to discuss the concept of the American dream within The Great Gatsby and another text. Now, I have never studied or even read The Great Gatsby, nor the other text either, but I was still able to help and give feedback from the strategy perspective, from the exam markers perspective. And one of their paragraphs was about how going after success and the American dream could degrade someone's life, could erode their morals and ethics, and rather than getting them into a better position, could actually put them in a worse position. And they had a quote that they had already shortened by using an ellipsis to take out a middle part that they were using to support their point. And I'll read out the quotation just so you can see how we then made it more selective. So the original quote that they had was, 
This desolate area of land is plagued by ashes, which grow like wheat into ridges and hills, taking the form of men who move dimly and are already crumbling through the powdery air. Now, that's about two lines of writing. We could argue it's maybe one sentence. Now, I asked the students which part they would choose if they could only keep half that quote. Now, I would actually want them to get it down to less than half, but I feel like that's a reasonable starting point and won't freak them out too much. <laughs> and actually, that's a lie. I, that wasn't the first thing I actually asked them. The first thing I asked them was, what do you think I'm going to say about that quote? <laughs> because they've worked with me and Gemma for a while now in Next Level, and they are attentive. So they correctly answered with shorten it. <laughs> And they literally did just say shorten it, which is kind of fun because that is short and succinct as a reply in itself. And they totally nailed the key point. It's a nice little meta example. But anyway, uh, I had them reread it and importantly, reread their whole paragraph in order to be able to make a well-chosen selection. And they selected the second half because I said just choose half. They selected the second half, which I was really happy about because even as a non-expert in the text, I could tell that taking the form of men who move dimly and are already crumbling was more suited to the point about people and their crumbling ethics and values. And right now, I would even offer that just the words men who move dimly or already crumbling would be even more direct and discerning choices, which also allow analysis of the vocabulary used by the author, like dimly and crumbling. And this is where coaching, I think, is so valuable because this is not about being told what to write or what to cut as a student. It's about having guiding questions that help your teen make these deductions and make this reasoning for themselves. So they're supported in making improvements for themselves along with explanations of why and how they relate to the mark scheme or even the question itself sometimes. So shortening quotes is a relatively simple concept, but it does require skill to do and it requires excellent knowledge and understanding of the text that they're analyzing and of the question that they are responding to, which is why it's rewarded at the top levels of criteria. So like I said earlier, it's not just enough just to have a minimal quote or less words in terms of their evidence. They need to be well-chosen quotes. And of course, they also need to be analyzed in a sophisticated and detailed way. But this is one of the ways that your teen can up-level their essay, their inquiry or report and get more marks with relatively little extra effort, taking that effort to shorten down or cut down a quote. And you know that I am all about maximum results for effort. And talking of effort, you probably already know that I put a lot of effort into each of these episodes, probably more time and effort than I would like to admit, if I'm honest. So if you have found even one of these episodes helpful or useful and would be willing to spend 20 seconds of time and effort to leave a rating, and fun fact, it takes the same amount of effort to tap on five stars 
as any of the other star ratings on the podcast app that you use, that would be amazing. I would really appreciate it. There is no other way to raise the profile of the podcast other than playing the rating review algorithms game. (laughs) And I can't do that without you, my wonderful VIP listener. And if while you are leaving a rating, you could just jot in a few words for a review as well, I will love you even more than I already do just for being here listening. And to show my love and appreciation... If you send me a screenshot of your rating and review to support at rocksolidstudy.com, I will send you my topic and focus essay title swipe file for your teen. And if you are listening to this way beyond the date at which it goes out, this still stands. So please go ahead and leave a rating and review. That will be amazing. And I will also include with the topic and focus essay title swipe file, my detailed walkthrough video where I explain everything to your teen as well. It will forever change how your teen tackles an essay in any subject. It has been awesome sharing this and hanging out with you today. I will see you back here next week. Take care. Bye. If you're ready to have your teen achieve their best possible results with less stress, then I want to invite you to enroll them in the 10-week grade transformation program, where they're going to learn the key concepts, skills, and strategies to catapult their performance in assessments and exams. It's risk-free. They either achieve bigger and better results with a whole lot more confidence in 10 weeks, or we refund you in full. Just head over to www.rocksolidstudy.com forward slash program and I'll see you there.